Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie. So, up this hour, we have a Chinese lesson for you on Chinese to go. And on hashtag Taiwan, Leslie Dow will tell you why our digital minister, Audrey Tang, made a splash on social media this week. And on Status Update, John and Shirley will be bringing you uh, the latest in our interaction with listeners. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Tuesday, December 3rd, and in the studio we have Leslie Liao. Hello. Jake Chen. Hello. And I am Natalie So. Well, Taiwan wins big at a Global Invention Awards. We'll be telling you more about that. Also, a local dietitian tells us some do's and don'ts about drinking coffee. And Taiwan is installing more life-saving AEDs. Also, we'll be telling you what people are saying about how to respond to intrusive relatives. Those stories and more coming right up. Okay, do you guys think of Taiwan as an innovative country? I think so. Yeah, well, you know, we were the biggest winners at a recent international invention fair in Seoul, South Korea. Hmm. So we won the most awards. We won... 129 awards overall. And we also won the Best Invention Award. So the Best Invention Award went to a smart motorcycle helmet. What do you guys think it does? Um, Can you have a lot of guess? I don't really ride motorcycles, but like, does it show you the map while you're riding? <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that overhead <laughs> Google display. Google Maps in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, what it does, is it actually prevents... Drunk drivers from driving. Oh. So it has a breathalyzer in the helmet. And if you have too much alcohol in your breath, then it won't let you drive. It's connected to your uh, motorcycle, so it wouldn't allow you to boost it up? Yeah. It prevents the vehicle from starting. Oh, wow. That's so a- if your you know, blood alcohol content is too high, it won't let you, which is a good thing. Definitely. Yeah. Because based on my knowledge of people who are drunk, you know, they will find a lot of ways to circumvent <laughs> whatever obstacles you put in their way. Oh, yeah. Don't wear a helmet, throw the helmet away. Yeah, they, they could. So, because then it's connected to the vehicle. I mean, you can imagine what it's like riding drunk on a motorcycle. That's really dangerous. That yeah. Sounds very dangerous. I mean, for the driver itself, right? So, there are also different things that we won for, such as there's another safety protection device that can detect the motorcycle center of gravity. So, I guess it helps people to drive safer. And a different types of clothes hangers. Huh. Huh. Interesting. So, anyways, we have all kinds. Uh, they said pre-programmed drying and sterilization programs. I could use that. I just <laughs> that sounds pretty up. cool. Smart hangers. Yeah, I just hung up a fresh batch last night. So, Taiwan is actually really creative. I mean, sometimes we don't think about Taiwan as a very creative place, but we have a lot of great inventions, and we're one of the number one in the percentage of patents per person in the world. Great. So, we're doing pretty, a lot of great things here, especially in the area of technology. Leslie, tell us 
us why we're installing more AEDs and what's going on with that. Yeah, so AEDs, uh, they are the defibrillators. So, like, they're the things that kind of shock you when people, when, like, your heart stops. You'll see them on, like, movies and then, like, people rub, like, doctors will rub them together, go, like, clear, stick it to someone's chest and they shock them. And um, they are installing more portable ones in public places. In Taiwan, you have to realize... Uh, Taiwan already has the second highest density really? of AEDs. Really? Oh, yeah. You see them everywhere. Like, you can see them in multiple in MRT stations. I didn't notice them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, the, great. they're very well hidden. And they're quite expensive for each one. I think when I did uh, first aid training, they told us each one is about 10000 US dollars. Wow. Because they're portable and they have to hold a really large charge. charge yeah. yeah. And anyway, um, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but last week, a Taiwanese-Canadian actor, Godfrey Gao, he died by sudden heart attack. And uh, it's very tragic, but it's also bringing a lot of attention to, like, uh, cardiac health mm-hmm. and uh, heart health and things like that. Especially for people who, I guess, overwork a lot? Yeah. yeah. Long hours? Oh, yeah. yeah. Andrew said he saw, he saw him in Taiwan the night the day before. Oh, that's terrible. And then the day I mean, after, he was already... Place in china so like that's that's how hard this guy was working so the ministry of health and welfare already we have current laws they should say aed should be available at eight types of places airports high-speed rail stations high schools universities schools Mm -hmm. really yep uh major recreational venues so i'm guessing like those sports sports parks Mm -hmm. yeah and the more portable electronic devices will be made available at like borough level community centers uh, frequently visited temples and um, number of elementary and junior high school campuses. So they're taking this very, very seriously. The usage in Taiwan, the usage rate of AEDs is quite low, about 5%. The only 10% of the approximately 20,000 patients who suffer heart attacks each year, that's about 2,000 people, are resuscitated after arriving at the hospital. So So it's too late usually. It's very important to have first aid. Like they always talk about the window, right? The treatment window. Yeah. You got a number of minutes and then it'd be too late, likely. Yeah. That's really sad. So I think the official term for something like that is OCA, like out of hospital cardiac arrest. And then they, like we learned, like you only have, like Jake said, only a few minutes. I think they also have, um, if you call 911, they will tell you how to use it as well. Yeah. Right. So if you're not sure, if you forgot how to do it, um, you can get help right away mm-hmm. if you see someone in need of that kind of help. So this might cost a lot of money, but we got to think about this. A heart attack's victim's chances of survival increase by 50% if he or she is defibrillated or receives CPR right away. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, that kind of brings me to a question, I think, what you just mentioned. You know, It's nice to have the instruction over the phone, but... Uh, I think you've went through the training before I did myself. Yeah. It's it's a different feeling when you know what you're doing yeah. because I've unfortunately seen portable AD used in real world uh, and, and people who don't know what they're supposed to do in that panic state, mm. chances are they're not going to follow instructions when they don't you know, know what to I do. You know, I think that they should do a nationwide training of everybody, basically people, yeah. students and all of us who are working. I mean, yeah. they should really Teachers. spend, you know, however long it takes, an hour, a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that probably would save lives. Getting CPR certified is also a very good option, but AEDs, that's a, it's a very good way to... Right, um, also CPR as well. Yeah. But it's good that we're moving in the right direction. Oh, that, yeah, definitely. Uh, Taiwan cares, and it's really unfortunate what happened to yeah. uh, Godfrey. 35. Yeah, he, was, he actually broke frontiers for Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of Asian Americans were very sad to hear yeah. what happened to him. Very, very. He was a very uh, great role model for a lot of people. Yeah. 
Anyways, it's good to see Taiwan working in a positive direction. Okay, a lot of us have the habit of drinking coffee. Tell us what a dietitian wants to tell us about that habit. Lay out on me, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I could need to keep some help. So... Some pretty short and sweet point uh, that uh, this uh, Mr. Ye is saying right here recently. Uh, uh, he's written an article on how, what to do and what not to do when it comes to drinking coffee. So the number one rule, he said, if you follow this rule, you're likely going to be fine, which is to to don't fight against your biological clock and don't use coffee against it. You know, so if you want to wake up and you want to wake up, you know, a little faster, that you know, drinking coffee in the morning is fine, but drinking after three is not a good idea, and drinking close to when you are about go to sleep that's highly not recommended <laughs> yeah so okay. um, there's one for frequent coffee drinkers so people who consume coffee in, in a relatively larger quantity uh, Mr. Ye said that it might be a good idea to filter the coffee first uh, when drinking that because coffee contain a sort of a, a, a minimal amount of fat but if you drink in large quantity your cholesterol will go up it has eventually. fat in it I didn't realize I had no that. idea yeah so if you filter that first, the effect on your cholesterol level will be a lot uh, less significant um, than if you don't filter that in the first place. That's good to know. Interesting. Yeah. So um, a positive benefit that he said, which is coffee actually helps with your bowel movement and digestion. So drinking coffee within, especially after breakfast, within half an hour after breakfast helps digestion, not just after the breakfast, but for your meals throughout the day. So I guess the optimal time will just be that half an uh, hour in the after morning, the, right? Yeah, it does oh. make you want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it does, <laughs> right? <it's, laughs> Which is a good thing, probably, right? It's getting things moving. Yeah. yeah, it's the first thing I drink in the morning. Like I'll take an hour just sitting at the kitchen table with the yeah, cup oh, of coffee. Oh, I just love drinking coffee in the morning. It's just yeah. some kind of uh, it's it's a, it's a very enjoyable mm. way to wake up in the morning. I mean, I, I've also heard that it's good for your brain. Mm. It could help you lose weight. It can lower the risk of premature death and some cancers. I mean, there are a lot of good things in coffee. It has antioxidants. It's a yeah. very good exercise supplement. It helps exercise you build muscle. Exercise supplement? Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. Wow. So, but if you drink too much, I think it has, it makes you a little bit too... It gets you um, jittery. Jittery, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I remember in my final month of the final semester of my university... I had a, a, a whole month of you know coffee on a daily basis and Red Bull uh, oh, probably every day as well. Oh, no. Took me close to two weeks to 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 going back to proper sleep because really, mm. you know my system just wasn't used to that. So so I helped you like get through your finals. Yeah, through my finals <laughs> and papers and all that. So that was worth so it. So it doesn't work, huh? Yeah. Tattoo law for the military. Tell us about this. Yeah, Especially. so um, the tat uh, in its in an effort to transition to an all volunteer force, the Ministry of National Defense is relaxing its ban on tattoos in order to increase its recruitment base. Um, so what happens is the ta there's a very very strict tattoo policy. It used to be that I guess you couldn't have it under the wrist or like. Or you, could, you couldn't have it showing when you were wearing short sleeves. So like short sleeves or shorts, if you had tattoos and they showed up, you wouldn't be able to enlist in the army. And the new regulation says it'll only restrict personnel from receiving new tattoos on or above the neck, 
or on or below the wrist. So I think it's like if you have a collared shirt and you have a long sleeve shirt, they won't if they show up in that condition, then you're not. Then eligible. you won't be able to uh, enlist. And uh, however, those who already have it on those areas before entering the military, so like if you already have it, oh. you can still join. But Interesting. Y- and you won't have to have, have to have them removed. So like I guess when you're in active service, you can't. Under the wrist and above the neck is a no-no area. To get a new tattoo. Yeah, to get a new tattoo. And this is going to apply to new recruits in 2020. So this is... Oh, this is next year, very very soon. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to transition to have a volunteer force of 90%. By next year? By next year. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think they should loosen this rule. I don't think it really makes a difference, does it? To have a tattoo? Does how it tat- well you... And when you were in Canada, were you, you were part of the military for a while? Did yeah, they before, have a tattoo law? I don't think people care that much yeah, in Canada. I think yeah, as long as your tattoo doesn't, doesn't really show a message that's offensive. Oh, right. It doesn't disturb people, right? To you know, minorities, women, gays, and lesbians, mm. I think that's fine. But that goes for not just tattoo, for anything you say. Right. But or wear, probably. Wear, yeah. But apart from that, you know, nobody would really care. Yeah. Some yeah. restrictions apply, though. So Taiwan's military band... If you're oh. in like the, uh, you gotta be <laughs> you there. You have to be in front of VIPs, right? Yeah, Performing. the Political Warfare Bureau. I don't know what's so special about that, but they can't really have tattoos. A uh, military police, I can understand because mm-hmm. they are often very like the honor guard and they're very right. visible. Yeah, that's it. Bob's your uncle. If you want to go to military academies or officer training schools, you can't have tattoos either. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you want to be higher up there yeah. in the ranks. Yeah. But if you just want to be a soldier, you can have as many as you want, more or less. Uh, as long Almost. as it's not on the wrist. Okay. New law. More freedom, huh? Mm-hmm. People say Asian relatives have known to be quite intrusive. So there's this discussion about how to respond to these relatives. Tell us more. Uh, before I start, do you have stories you want to share, Leslie? No, it's like- just I feel like I'm going to just pop in. So you start, Jake. <laughs> I have stories, too, from when I was single. <laughs> oh, I'm going to start that was laughing. really funny. <laughs> I don't know, Natalie. <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, recently on uh, PTT, which is a very popular uh, local online forum, a thread got viral. It got a lot of people uh, responding, which is the guy talks about being single, but he, the, the problem that actually bothered him the first, like the, the question that everybody asks him is how much you make every month. Oh, uh, my that's so personal. Yeah, I think in the Asian culture, especially in Chinese culture, this is sort of the, the, the older generation's way of, of, you know, sort of endearing. To show that they care. <laughs> and that was actually embarrassing for the guy because he was doing fairly well. And uh-huh. uh, so the the elderly who asked him didn't hear him right, right? So he yelled out, sort of say out loud in a table, was, is it that much and that much? Can you repeat that again? <laughs> so he had to repeat that much to his own uh, discomfort. And then oh the, the grandpa went around the table and the second table to, to brag about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it's all about bragging rights. That's all it is. So oh my to say, dinner wasn't tasty for him that night. So yeah, he basically asked for advices of you know how to deal with. Uh, That's funny. Ongoing nonsense that way. So. Oh. Um, yeah. There are. Well, at least he was bragging and not like disparaging him, right? Right, but yeah. but, but I. Funny you said because people said, well, give him something to disparage about, so you know they wouldn't ask again. So just tell him, you know, you make the, the minimum salary, you know, twenty three grand a year, mm-hmm. a month, <laughs> and you know, just to make him to shut up. And uh, people gave a lot of pretty funny answers. One of the answers uh, got a got a lot of sort of uh, response and, and and likes is that aunts and uncles and relatives also like to ask which line of work you do, and. Uh, 
for some reason, and this probably has to do with the fraud industry in Taiwan, uh, a lot of people said, just tell them you sell life insurance. You know, just say, I got life insurance and would you be interested? And nobody will talk to you for the rest of dinner. Yeah. So, well, I think there's nothing wrong with asking what kind of line of work you do. It's kind of normal, isn't it? It's, that's normal, but how much money you make follows yes. right after that. Um, so you can see that cloud coming over your head. So. It's, uh, what's it called? It's just about bragging rights because the family's all together and they all want to compare. Like the older generation wants to compare. Uh, the kids, and how well they're doing. My yeah. brother, my brother, he got a, uh, he got, he got an interview with Harvard University and my dad has been freaking out the entire time. And my dad's just like, I don't even care what your brother teaches. He could teach home economics for all I care. I just <laughs> want to be able to say my son teaches at Harvard. I was like, come on, dad. Like, have more of a stake in your son's career than that. Yeah, that, yeah. that's just how you feel, right? Yeah. Bragging rights. And uh, How about oh. on the dating end? Do they ask, like, are you seeing anyone? Uh, and that kind of stuff. It's like a checklist. It's like a checklist. You walk through the door into grandma's house. And it's, <laughs> the interrogation begins. They might as well, like, turn off all the lights and have the lamps just on me. <laughs> Yeah, and tie your hands behind the back, right? Your hands behind the back and just be like, you know, do we do this, 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 this? Like, you're seeing anybody? Like, are you guys stable? Are you yeah. going to get married? Oh, you got married. Okay, are you going to have kids? How much is she making? What, what does she look she, like? What's your story now? What is her story? Well, I got set up. I got set up on a date by my mom. Oh. oh. I didn't even know idea. We're going to someone's house for Christmas. She had that go. And then, oh, and then that, it was that like, happened. what? That happened to me one day. And then, I mean, and then all the aunties are, we're the only one of that generation. So me and this guy. And the aunties are around us saying, let's, um, I do palm reading. Let me read your palms. I'm like, you guys are perfect for each other. Oh my gosh. That was like the most embarrassing. Oh, that's so awkward. <laughs> oh, I cringed. So awkward. I cringed. So, yeah, my dad's always like my parents were, would do that too. Just like, oh yeah, we're gonna go out and uh, we're gonna meet this auntie and auntie. They got so two and so daughters, <laughs> and then it's just like, and then like I show up like wearing whatever. Mom's like, go make yourself look nice. I'm like, come on, like are you really like not even gonna act like like try to hide the fact? And they're just like, no, nah. two daughters. So it's not well, like it's me and my brother. My brother. Oh. Is now, okay. And then, but none yeah, of these good, worked out good, good so age. far. Dude, they're just throwing everything they can at us, man. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Asian parents are known to be a bit intrusive, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Lots of fun. They love us, though. They do it out of love. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do, do it, it out of love. Out of Maybe too much love. They got to yeah. remember that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us for Here in Taiwan. And do stay tuned for Chinese to Go. Hashtag Taiwan and status update for Here in Taiwan. I am Natalie So. I'm Leslie Liu. And I'm Jake Chen. Bye-bye.
Welcome to Chinese to Go, the program where you learn authentic Chinese, the Chinese that we use in real life in Taiwan. Taiwan is set to hold the presidential election on January 1st. There are three candidates, but who has a better chance of winning the race? Let's listen to a conversation. Who do you think has a better chance of winning in next year's presidential election, and who will definitely lose? How would I know? I'm not an expert. I don't really care who wins or who loses. Of course, you are not an expert, but I want to hear your personal point of view. My point of view isn't important. You should check the latest opinion polls. Opinion polls aren't accurate or reliable. Opinion polls don't necessarily reflect public opinion. True, opinion polls are like flowing water. They are changing all the time. The conversation between the man and the woman is all about the presidential election. Let's begin with the first sentence. To think, to feel. 你觉得, what do you think? 明年的总统大选。明年, next year. 总统大选。Presidential election. 总统,president.大选,major election. 比较有希望赢,has a better chance of winning. 赢,to win. 希望 means hope, but here it means a better chance. 谁一定会输? 谁一定会输? 谁,who? 输, to lose. 一定, definitely. 谁一定会输? Who will definitely lose? 我怎么可能知道? 我又不是专家, 我才不在乎谁输谁赢呢? 我怎么可能知道? 我... I 知道 to know. How would I know? How would I possibly know? 我又不是专家。我又不是专家。专家, an expert. 我才不在乎谁输谁赢呢。在乎 to care about. 谁输谁赢, who wins or who loses? 你当然不是专家。你当然不是专家。当然, of course. Of course, you are not an expert. 可是我想听听你个人的看法。可是, but, 听, to hear, 个人, personal, 看法, point of view, 个人的看法, personal point of view. 我的看法不重要啦,你看最近的民调就可以了。我的看法, my point of view, 不重要 isn't important. 你看最近的民调就可以了。看 to watch to see, 
but here it means to check. 最近, the latest, 民调, opinion polls. 民调都不准，不可靠的。民调未必能代表民意。民调都不准，不可靠的。民调 opinion polls 不准，aren't accurate，不可靠，not reliable，可靠，reliable。民调未必能代表民意。代表 to represent, but here it means to reflect. 民意 Public opinion. Ming means people, the public. Yi, opinion. Ming yi, public opinion. true. Opinion polls are like flowing water. Liu shui, flowing water. Or bian to change. Sui all the time, anytime. They are changing all the time. And welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm Leslie Liao, social media guru here at RTI. This week, we're going to be talking about Taiwan's sassy digital minister. All that and more coming up next. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, Audrey Tong. Now, you guys have heard of Audrey Tong, of right? Yes, I'm a big fan. All right, yeah. So Audrey Tong is one of Taiwan's ministers without portfolio, and she handles a lot of the digital stuff, so we call her our digital minister. That makes her the big kahuna of social media stuff, in my opinion, at least. She has a reported IQ of 180, and by age 19, she was a Silicon Valley entrepreneur. She also went viral this week. Why? Well, take a look for yourself. Five months now, people in Hong Kong have been protesting for democracy and against what they perceive as a growing influence by the mainland uh, government from China. As an official from Taiwan, an island which Beijing considers a breakaway territory, uh, how do you view these protests? The breakaway was at the Neolithic age, I believe. Um, the Neolithic age, she says. <laughs> anyway, that exchange happened when German news outlet DW interviewed Tong. And uh, as you can see, those two are probably thinking about two very different breakaways. Now, I never thought I'd have to show a picture of Pangaea, the supercontinent, on <laughs> hashtag Taiwan. But here we are. Pangaea. When everything was connected to everything else. <laughs> now, Tong was probably talking about the physical split between Taiwan and China. Regardless of that, people online have been praising Tong for her deadpan 110% serious response to the reporter's question. People have been gushing about how intelligent she seemed, how quick her reactions were, and they just loved her. She was saying, you should share your work, working style with all government servants, says Sheng Yixu from Facebook. Aria Wong says her answers are so quick-witted as her mind. I have so much respect for her. Carrie Lin, too cool. Sean Wong says people like her only come around once a century. And Monica Chung says something quite 
quite the statement. She says, "If the KMT can find someone as sharp as her, then I'll consider voting for them." <laughs> But one comment in particular got my attention. Zhang Daxiong said, "Technically, there was no breakaway. Taiwan Island formed due to plate tectonics." Now that got me thinking. I'm going to fact check Audrey Tong, <laughs> and let me remind you, Minister Tong has a reported IQ of 180, and I am me. So let's just say <laughs> I should not be the one doing this. Actually, I definitely should not be the one doing this. You're very brave. <laughs> That said. Taiwan did indeed form as an island. There seems to be a scientific consensus that it rose out of the sea four million to six million years ago. At least that's what the National Taiwan University Department of Geosciences and Scientific Americans say. <laughs> Now, during the late Pleistocene epoch, there was a minor ice age during which the bottom of the Taiwan Strait was exposed. Forming a land bridge between China and Taiwan. Now, by the time the ice melted and the Taiwan Strait flooded again, we were around the Neolithic age. So, to the best of my knowledge and my research, Audrey Tong is absolutely correct. <laughs> the Neolithic age is when the breakaway did happen. <laughs> nice job, Leslie. Like I don't nice. think I could have wrapped my mouth around Neolithic and Pleistocene epoch, and you did it very well. After you did, after you research all of this for hours on end, yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> it just, though it, it is it interesting. I'm going up against an IQ of 180, guys. Come and break here. <laughs> Nicely done. Okay. All right. Well, that's hashtag Taiwan, and、uh, do follow us on social media and leave a comment below. We'd love to hear from you. This is status update. Hello there. You've just tuned into Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Yes, we're going to be getting to your letters. We always love to hear from you. What programs you heard, and what you think about our programs, you know, good or bad, and how we can do better. But before we get to all that, though,、uh, we're going to update our own personal status. All right. Yes. So、um, it's exactly well. I mean, last Tuesday was exactly a month after my daughter's wedding. Ah,、uh, how is time moving like this? I know. Really, time just flies, and we. We we made a plan to have dinner with them and my in-laws and my parents without realizing that it was you know their anniversary month whatever. Is that a thing? <laughs> well, I don't know. They, yeah, they say. I think anniversary、year. means <laughs> a year. A year annual. Okay. Well,、um, you know, so the month anniversary. Yeah. Okay. One month. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so、um, it was all very nice and sweet and everything, and.、Um, You know, we、uh, let my in-laws and my parents have all the time to chat with my daughter and you know their well, my son-in-law. So they haven't really、um, had time to like catch up since. No, no, it was the first time since the wedding.、Mm. You know, and and and、um, yeah, I guess you know just just having a, a, a great time. You know, being married and <laughs> and lovey dovey, and you know, my daughter's still working very hard and everything, but. Um, it's just very comforting to know that my son-in-law is not taking care of her. Yeah, you know, like、um, because she's like on a night shift, not the grave sh- graveyard shift, but the night shift, and so she gets home like about one in the morning,、hmm. and and he would have already cooked some like soup, you know, or some or even like made bian dang lunchbox for her to bring to work. And I was like, oh, I feel so comforted, <laughs> yeah, knowing that somebody's taking care of my daughter because she's lost so much weight、um, since、Ooh. starting this job.、Um, she's a nurse, by the way, and so an ICU department of all things.、Um, so she's on her feet all yeah, day, every day. Yeah, so it was really nice and sweet. And you know, one really, really、um, 
moving moment for me. <laughs> this sounds silly. Um, you know, I kind of taught my daughter about like, you know, I would like your husband to call me mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing. We're very, my husband and I are very, very close to yeah. his parents. And we go to the same church and we've been buddies, you know, for years. And so, you know, their son has been calling me Auntie, Blah, you know, Auntie Shirley. I think that's the kind of the normal you know? thing. It's like, I.E. I know. And, and so, you know, all of a sudden now he has to call me mom. He's not really used to it. And I don't want to push on him, right? So that night when we had the dinner and then he showed up by himself. So, um, you know, I ran up to him. <laughs> <laughs> I literally ran up to him. And to my surprise, I wasn't expecting this. He called me mom. Well, you I asked him like, to. So. I, I, well, I know, but I... You know, that was, I, I, I told him through my daughter. Oh. And, but anyway, it was so sweet. I literally melted right in my <laughs> spot, you know. And then um, midway through the dinner, I couldn't hold back my, you know, just, you know, to my excitement. So I kind of like, you know, whispered it to my husband. I said, you know what? He called me mom. But then he didn't quite catch what I said. He said, what? And I was going, oh, never mind. I'll tell you later. And then I think he started thinking. Like, he started deciphering Uh what I said. Oh, okay. Yeah, he started deciphering what I said. And then he shouted over to my son-in-law. Well, not shouted. And he says, oh, you know what? Shirley expects you to call her mom. (laughs) And then before anything, he said, dad. (laughs) He said, hi, dad. (laughs) I was like, we're both melting in our seats, you know. Anyway, I think he's feeling more at ease with my family now. That takes time. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, that was all great and everything. And and um, um, after the dinner, I mean, my in-laws and my parents were going like, okay, you guys should, you know, go on home, you know, thinking that my daughter is working hard and yeah. probably is tired. She didn't work that day, but she had a full day class, a nursing class. Oh. Yeah. I thought she was graduated already. I know, but they still have this kind of, I don't know, just training, I guess, you know, I don't know. So um, they were going like, oh, you, should, you guys should go on home, you know, get rested and everything. But my husband was like, you know, he's just kind of a little weird on the side who says, well, let's go shopping, you know. Shopping? Yeah, because my daughter had said that, you know, like prior to the dinner, if um, she can go shopping with me for, I think, socks or something that she wanted to get. And I said, okay, sure, you know. Like one of life's essentials? Yeah, but then she says, it depends. You know, if she's tired, then she'll probably just, you know, call it off. But then my husband was going like, I mean, he was just like not ready to leave. And then, you know, and then, and then everybody else got it, you know. Oh, I, I, I get it. I get it. You guys want to spend time with your daughter and your son in law. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I know it's been a month. So we went shopping, you know, and then afterwards, my husband still didn't want to leave. Uh. <laughs> he was going like, what? It was like 9 p.m. And he was going like, let's go for some tea. <laughs> and so we found a tea place, you know, and um, had some tea, took some photos, you know. And it was all nice and sweet. So that was very nice. I can, that's what I can say. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm liking my son-in-law more and more. <laughs> well, it's good that you finally got a chance to catch up after all. Yeah, it's a funny feeling, but I feel like I'm t- still too young to be, become a mother-in-law. Well, somehow <laughs> it happens it sneaks up on you um, i guess just like this month anniversary. i mean we must have skipped at least two weeks i swear we must have <laughs> i know time just really flies i mean mm-hmm. really and i haven't even heard from her at all not even line or text messages you know wow. this whole month i was going like mm. she's been working so yeah well yeah but you know i remember before uh before the wedding 
she had kind of, you know, said her concern, like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to come home as often. And, and you know, it'd be weird, you know, after I'm married, I, I said, I want to go home to mom and dad's place and, 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 and spend the night, you know? Oh, well, maybe that. Yeah. yeah, but. Right. And then, and then I said, oh, come on, you know, we're all, no traditions and no restrictions. I mean, you can do whatever you want. I mean, come on, come on home and just, just. Tell him, you know, tell your husband a word. And come say, on, you're just coming come with home. me. Yeah. <laughs> but after the wedding, nothing for a whole month, not even text messages. Mm. I was thinking like, didn't you say that you really would probably miss home well, after getting married? I haven't even had time to think about it yet. <laughs> I guess. But she is into decorating her house and everything. And Christmas is coming up and she already has oh. ideas about. Yeah. So that's, that's very fancy. unlike me. <laughs> just, <laughs> Yeah, You're just kind of whatever about that. Yeah, whatever. Sort of yeah, we don't even have a Christmas tree. So. Uh, well, in Taiwan, you don't. I, I know it's not a really you can thing. I've heard that like these really upscale supermarkets will let you import them, but you have to order like five months what? in advance. Oh yeah, and it's wow. like where would you throw it away? Like how would you get rid of it when the New Year's here? Wow. Some and people have too much money. Anyway. Yeah, in, I know that would be totally expensive. In, I'm sure. In, in Taiwan, you have, we are more of the Charlie Brown type of Christmas tree. That's, <laughs> that's part of a plastic thing. That's pretty much what you're getting. Yep. Yep. I know. So. So got to settle for that. Well. Okay. But she's having fun decorating yeah. and. And I like the fact that I like my son-in-law more and more. <laughs> it's always a good thing, you know. These, if it, you know, it can make Chinese New Year awkward if things don't. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's important. And that's coming up soon after Christmas. Okay, well, that's all said about my daughter and son-in-law. And uh, let's get to your letters. Okay. We always love to hear from you. What you have to say about our programs. Our address is, by the way, PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. You can reach us by email as well at rti at rti dot org dot tw. And don't forget to leave us comments on Facebook. We love to read what you have to say. Okay, here's a letter from Koji Miyagi of Setagayaku, uh, Tokyo, Japan. And uh, let's see here. It says, Hello, Radio Taiwan International. I am Koji Miyagi, who lives in Tokyo, Japan. Today, I wanted to share... Uh, my reception of your shortwave broadcast. On November 21st, I heard here in Taiwan, Lights, Camera, Asia, and In the Spotlight. The contents of the program gave me an opportunity to know what is happening in Taiwan today. Please review my reception report as follows. Great. And so he listened in on 6180 kilohertz. He listened to the news, including uh, the situation in Hong Kong. Here in Taiwan, Lights, Camera, Asia are talking about Taiwan International Documentary Festival. And then in the spotlight, a talk about podcasting business. So that would have been my interview with Emily Wu, uh, who is actually the founder of Ghost Island Media. And a good uh, friend of RTI as well. Yes. A lot of what you see on Taiwan Insider is... uh Based on her ideas. So. Yes, yes, yeah. She was a great help to us. Okay, and then under reception condition, it says the beginning of my reception at simple rating 43443 due to severe side splash from 6175 kilohertz from China. The latter half was at simple 34332. I guess not any better, though. I like the word side splash. <laughs> it sounds fun. Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, thank you so very much for your report. That was Koji Miyagi of Tokyo, Japan. We've got another letter here from Japan. This one coming to us from Saitama, and it's from Shinmakino. Um, this is about our November 15th broadcast on 15320 kilohertz. And uh, there's an extensive look at what we did on the news that day. It looks like Jake read the news. Um, following that, there was Here in Taiwan. 
I guess I hosted that edition. Uh, and well, you were there too, Shirley, and oh, Natalie good. as well. We talked about a new Netflix series from Taiwan, Taiwan's youngest martial arts master, the newest naturalized citizen who was a French filmmaker, also a new control tower at uh, the airport here, and a message sent by the Chinese government to students to leave Taiwan before the election. Uh, after that, it looks like... Uh, I said Lights, Camera, Asian, and in the spotlight were coming up next, but uh, that's where the report ends. So, uh, under my impressions of your programs, it says, Recently, NHK World Japan has had some bad interference, and I couldn't hear it, but today, it was fine at first. However, interference became stronger, and the content became difficult to understand from 323 UTC. I also would like to receive and send a reception report. If the details of this report are found to correspond with your station log, I would appreciate very much to receive your verification card. Well, no problem. That comes to us once again from Shin Makino of Saitama Prefecture, Japan. Okay, now we move over to England. This is coming to us from Roger Tidy. It says here, Hello again. In a recent edition of Status Update, I heard John and Shirley speak about how cold the weather has become in Taiwan recently. Here in the UK, the main problem this month has been the unusual amount of rain we have experienced, which has caused flooding in some areas. Wow. We are keeping... Yeah, that's serious. We are keeping our fingers crossed that the weather will be better on December 12th, which is the date of our forthcoming general election. So many elections. I know, really. Where ours is coming up on in January. I have not had much time to listen to RTI during the past few weeks, but I'm going to rectify that in the next few days, starting now with my first report for the month, which is for your broadcast Sunday, uh, November 24th. And it says in the comments, all of today's programs were first class, and I don't have any criticisms, except to say that I think classic shorts, which was about the oldest known Chinese poems, would have been better if the poetry had been read by a second host in order to give the program more variety. Your Sunday lineup always has a great variety of programs. The one that most interested me today was News Playlist, which dealt with a subject that I know is controversial in Taiwan, namely how to treat the memory of your late president, Chiang Kai-shek, at a time when Taiwan has moved on and become a new and thriving democracy. I thought that the topic was well covered and that the various contributions were admirably concise. Several of your programs gave listeners a chance to hear what foreigners think of Taiwan. In this connection, the -the on-the-line feature was especially good. It consisted of an interview with the Israeli academic Professor Meron Medzini, who is writing a Hebrew language book about Taiwan. He first visited Taiwan in 1970 and has returned many times since. He noted that since his first visit, the place has changed enormously and now has a thriving economy and optimistic people. We try. (laughs) (laughs) Similarly, in Curious John, there was an interview with a Vietnamese immigrant to Taiwan who explained how Taiwan has improved over the years as a destination for Vietnamese migrants. John's other program, Time Traveler, was also interesting. This week, it focused on the Taipei Guest House, which over the years has hosted numerous important visitors, including Crown Prince Hirohito of Japan and Richard Nixon. Have you been in there before? Yes, I have. It's been a while. It's kind of it's. Hard to get in. Uh, oh, it's yeah. It's only open yeah, one day a month to the public. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You have not, to. Not, not if you make an appointment? I don't know. That for you an can. interview? <laughs> no, no. I just was showed up on an open house day. Oh, they're not okay. Very, they don't okay. come around very often. Because I went for an interview. Did you? I think, yeah, I was hosting Occidental Tourists with Wesley Hoser. I oh, think that was, that was what a while it ago. was. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. 
I also heard Shirley's in the spotlight program. Her guest this time was the founder of the Anchor Company in Taiwan, which specializes in building a connection between foreign entrepreneurs in Taiwan. As usual, internet audio was excellent. So thank you so much. That was Roger Tidy of England. We have a letter here coming to us from New Delhi. This one from Jayanta Chakrabarti, who's writing. Uh, dear friends at RTI, I'm happy to send you feedback on your program of November 20th, 2019, for your kind verification with a printed QSL card. Reception quality was good with strong signal and some background disturbance. Listening to RTI, as always, is informative and interesting, as I can obtain firsthand information on events happening in Taiwan and in the world around. Uh, once again, this is about our November 20th broadcast, listened to from 1600 to 1700 UTC on one on 6180 kilohertz, quality of reception, uh, 43444, so fairly good. Mm. Uh, under some details of the program that I found interesting, uh, there was a news report about the meeting uh, between the visiting foreign minister of Tuvalu, Simon Coffey, and uh, T- President Tsai Ing-wen. The president congratulated Coffey on the occasion of the completion of 40 years of friendship. Tuvalu has gained much by Taiwan's cooperation in varied fields like agriculture, fisheries, medicine, education, and energy. Also, good news for Taiwan. RTI reports that in the ongoing U.S.-China trade war, Taiwan stands to benefit a lot, as per the country's economic minister, Shen Rongjin. Several Taiwanese businesses based in China are relocating back to Taiwan. The resultant investment turnover by this year end could be something like uh, around 7.4 billion U.S. dollars. So it says, I would be happy to hear from you soon. And with kind regards from India, Jayanta Chakrabarti. Okay, we have time for one more letter. Okay. This is coming to us from Andrew Kutznetsov of Latvia. And I think he listened in on three different days. It says, Dear friends from RTI English section, I sent to your attention reception report on uh, 6180 kHz. And uh, so the first one was, uh, he listened on November 9th. And uh, there was an easy Chinese lesson, also a free Chinese lesson to go. Taiwan by number, and then Curious John, where you talked about Taiwanese Science Park project and Taiwanese prehistory. Yeah, they dug up a bunch of stuff underneath the Science Park. Oh, weren't expecting wow. that, but uh, yeah. there you go. Enough to fill up a whole museum. Huh. Okay, all right. And then also Stroke of Light with Jake Chen uh, about an exhibition of a painter. And uh, the simple, uh, simple rain was only 1321. Very weak. But in, yes. in Europe, where we're not. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Think, you're right. So. Okay. Okay. What can you do? Yeah. Okay. And then on another day, this was November 12th, he listened to the news read by Paula Chow. And also here in Taiwan, a talk show from the studio. Uh, simple rain is a slightly better 25322. Um, and then on the last day, it was November oh, November 14th, and uh, again at the same frequency. Oh, no, a different frequency, 15320 kHz. Simple rating was um, average, 33433. He listened to the news read by me, and then also followed by a program with Natalie So, and here in town where uh, it included Jake, um, Natalie, and Paula. So thank you so very much for your three reports, and I hope you write us uh, with more details about uh, what you think about our programs. So that was Andrew Kuzetsov of Latvia. Well, thank you so much. Uh, That's it for this week's status update. We hope to hear from you again and again, so do write us. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And don't forget, you can also reach us by Facebook comment. We look forward to reading what you have to say. All right, until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.